Hello and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. This guy's my vice mayor. Also, a Thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. There, it feels like every single day there's a new prospect list that drops. Mm-hmm. And somehow, even though they're kind of all somewhat the same when it comes to the D-backs, there's still like this renewed excitement that comes mm-hmm. with every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we have another top 100 list and we're going right. to we're going to talk about it. We don't care about how many top 100 prospect lists we've already we talked will, about. We will talk point. about the top 100 top 100 <laughs> prospects list around here because it's prospect season. And of course... Things are very uh, things look very good for the Arizona Diamondbacks future. This show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Uh, first, before we get on to prospects news, we wanted to give a big happy birthday, belated happy birthday to our friend Chris Melton. Uh, it is Mailbag Monday, which falls in my birthday week. Well, welcome to Chris's birthday week. We are proud to be a part of it. Thank you so much for being a part of our PHNX family. We couldn't do it without you, and I mean that literally. Uh, Chris is the like the 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 godmother, I guess you would say. Yeah, of the that's PHNX very family. very accurate. Yeah. I don't I don't really know what we would do without Chris, no, frankly, I and no. I mean that no. in with utter sincerity. No. I'm not really sure what we would do. <laughs> There's artwork on the walls that were provided us to us by Chris. I mean, literally, she has decorated our studio and I've been a part of our family since day one. So. Big happy birthday to you. I hope you are uh, enjoying it very much. Uh, Elizabeth says, Jesse kind of looks like (laughs) Timothy Chalamet today. And Elizabeth has been drinking, obviously. So welcome into the show, Elizabeth. I have no idea who that is. Cheers to you. Oh, now he's going to look up Timothy this Chalamet. Is, this is the part of the show. Do you show see what you've done? You've already I have to derailed search. us. My God. Anyway. I'm trying to gas uh, Jesse up. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at look at the look on his face. My, he's looking my at all the hair pictures. is oh, not man. quite that curly. It is a little It's a little crazier today than normal. So maybe that's what it is. This is ridiculous. But uh, Keith Law released, moving on, Keith Law released his top 100 prospects list, which Jesse is very excited about. Uh, and the D-backs, once again, have Five, count them, five prospects on the top prospects list, but it may not be who you think it is. No, uh, Gabriel Moreno didn't make uh, a return to someone's top prospects list, uh, but no. Keith Law actually has Ryan Nelson at number 82 on his top 100 prospects list. Uh, Ryan Nelson, who debuted in the majors last year and had quite a, quite a start along with Dre Jameson. Uh, so Jesse, I guess thoughts on uh, Ryan Nelson here at 82. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in past years and recent years, it's felt like Nelson, Jameson, Fott were all kind of interchangeable, like depending on which list you looked at. A lot of them were top 100 guys last year, um, but the order of them was sort of just anyone's guess. I don't think there was a big difference between them in terms of how they were perceived. Now there there is a pretty big difference, right? Brandon Fott is, is the clear front runner after the season he had last year. And I think a lot of people still view Nelson and Jameson as being kind of on the same level. I think it's interesting that that Nelson did make this list. There is no Dre Jameson on Keith Law's list, only Ryan Nelson, um, which I'd be curious to ask Keith, you know, just kind of yeah. what his what his thoughts were yeah. on that and, and how those two compare. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ryan Nelson, uh, 25 years old. So I think 
That's the main reason why you maybe haven't seen him on any list so far. Once you get to 25 years old, it's pretty hard to be on a top 100 list at that point. I don't like this. Um, I don't like the direction this is going. But the reason that Ryan Nelson is here is because he came up last year and had like a 1.5 ERA um, in four starts in the big leagues. And even though his numbers in the minors last year weren't great, he made quite an impression upon arriving to the big leagues. Same thing with Jamison. Their numbers were so good at a big league level that I felt like we both – uh, and we had discussions about this. We were both almost waiting for them to come back down to earth. Like it almost se- seemed surreal for them to be able to perform at the level that they did when they reached the majors by com- in comparison to their minor league numbers, right? The yeah. minor league numbers tend to be what you look at that kind of let you uh, let, let, let the wind out of the sail a little bit. However, uh, it's it's almost like boot camp for pitchers, right? I mean, it's almost like pitching if in, within the Diamondbacks organization in Reno and in Amarillo that you are going to have face, you know, a more pitcher friendly ballpark than you might even see in the majors outside of Colorado. So I think that, mm. uh, or excuse me, batter friendly. I didn't mean pitcher friendly. Definitely not pitcher friendly. I meant hitter friendly <laughs> ballpark. Uh, but you're not going to see, you know, too many of those. And honestly, the guys uh, have done a great job at transitioning. Ryan Nelson definitely was the first to do that, right? He debuted before Dre Jamison, and he was the first one to have his. Uh, his, his stellar outing that kind of surprised us. Yeah, I mean, the key with Ryan Nelson is his fastball. We we saw it last year. His velocity actually played up a little bit uh, on, on his arrival to the majors. It was more 94 in, in the minors, but we, we saw 95 in the majors on average. So uh, we'll see if that was just kind of an adrenaline rush in his first few starts or if maybe that has some staying power in the big leagues. Uh, but the big question with Ryan Nelson and the reason that Keith Law has him on this list is you know what what are the secondary pitches going to look like and Keith Law believes in in those secondary pitches to a certain extent right he talked about uh Ryan Nelson's slider which he said flashed as a plus pitch um the splitter slash change up depending on who you ask uh didn't look quite as good for Ryan Nelson um in the majors but the the thing for him is that he's going to have to establish a secondary pitch that he can turn to regularly um if you look at his uh, pitch usage numbers from a year ago. He relied very heavily on his fastball. We've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. 70% four seamers, 13% curveballs, 11% sliders, 6% changeups. And in order to have staying power in the big leagues, as we've said, you're going to have to be able to rely on those pitches more. He seems to think the slider is the one that, that could take that next step. Um, and I went back and watched some Ryan Nelson sliders. And indeed, he didn't throw many of them, but it was a really effective pitch for him at times. Why is Dre Jamison doubted? What it is? What is it about his game that mm. uh, analysts don't see longevity there as a starting pitcher? It almost feels a bit like you know. And and you've dug into these numbers for the team last year, where at times some of like, uh, for instance, your home run piece, where a lot of the uh, home runs just are very unlikely based on uh, the trajectory, angle, pitch, yeah. you know, uh, exit velocity, all of that kind of stuff, right? So. The, the what we I feel like what we saw with Dre Jamison last year was very exciting. It felt like he was almost the better of the two. Yet what we see is Ryan Nelson still ranked much higher than Dre Jamison, and a lot of Jamison's success from last season almost is attributed to defense and a bit of uh, you know just a bit of good fortune rather than it being yeah. um, actually something he's doing that uh, is looking dominant uh, at a major league level. There, there definitely was an element of good fortune in Dre Jamison's results last year. I think of these two pitchers, 
I think Ryan Nelson's results, and again, it's it's you know it's three or four starts. You can't put that much stock in these Absolutely. numbers. But Dre Jameson gave up a lot of hard contact, um, which I know looking at how good the numbers were, that might be a little bit hard to believe. His expected ERA, according to Baseball Savant, was 4.49, which is not even very good, right? Like that's actually kind of below average. And what's his actual ERA? His actual ERA was 1.48, right? <laughs> so there's an enormous, enormous disparity. And again, That's fucking in, nuts, dude. <laughs> in these, in this few number of starts, like you know, it's hard to, like I said, it's hard to put any stock in those numbers. Right. But uh, there were more like warning signs of like, okay, this may or may not be legit with Dre Jameson than with Ryan Nelson, who genuinely like hitters just couldn't square up his stuff, his yeah. fastball. You know, I think coming into the big leagues, he was like, this is the pitch that I know works best and I'm just going to rely on this pitch. Right. And that's exactly what he did. And maybe hitters make some adjustments. I'm sure they will over time. But initially, they couldn't hit Ryan Nelson's fastball. It has an insane yeah. amount of spin. Yeah. It has an insane amount of ride. It's a it's very, very hard to hit. You know, even though 95 miles an hour doesn't jump off the page, it's way harder to hit than you would think. Jamison did a better job of you know, mixing up his his pitches, using secondary pitches more. He kind of came in at times with a better game plan in his in his starts. So maybe that is a little bit more, you know, the reason why we saw him have that success. But, you know, yeah. again, the reason why projections are one thing and results are another is because despite the results, sometimes the projections end up eventually being correct. And that's really what we're trying to look at with a guy that's only made three or four start, starts isn't so much the immediate results as much as what, we could see out of him in the future that right. way it's not this huge surprise if he's better than this then that's fantastic just like he was then that's great however really what the diamondbacks are looking for is who is going to round out their starting rotation and dre jameson could end up being a valuable piece for this team out of the bullpen instead of in the rotation that's why right now they need to determine which of these young guys are going to stick around i think with with jameson and again i would love to ask keith's actual take on this but I suspect that the reason that Jamison was not on this list and Nelson was is that Dre Jamison has a slider, which is a really good slider, but he doesn't have any other clear secondary pitches. He's got the four seamer and the sinker, which is great. The sinker has been a, a really nice addition for him over the last couple of years, but it's hard to make it as a starter when you have two different types of fastballs and only one other out pitch. He kind of needs the curveball or the changeup to take another step forward in order to have staying power in the big leagues. Yeah. Whereas with Ryan Nelson, I think the makings of those secondaries is already there. We talked about the slider, the curveball, the changeup. There are people who view those pitches as already being like average, maybe above average big league offerings. Whereas with Jameson, it's like it kind of has the feel of a fastball slider sort of a deal, which generally plays better in the bullpen yeah. than it does yeah. in, in the starting rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and another reason why he might find his way into the bullpen is because of who Keith Law has at number 38 on his list, which is Brandon Fott. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Fott comes in at number 38. Drew Jones comes in at 14. Jordan Lawler at nine. Corbin Carroll, number one number on one. Keith Law's list and in your hearts. So, uh, again, we know many of these lists are going to be very similar. We know that. But we don't hate seeing this over and over again. Corbin Carroll landing in in the top three and everybody's lists in some way. Uh, Drew Jones and Jordan Lawler being much closer to the top than we anticipated, and even Brandon Fott being in the mix. I mean, Ryan Nelson, that's almost just icing on the cake. Between him and Gabriel Moreno and Dre Jamison, we know how special this young core is, and more importantly, how close 
the timeline is for these guys. This is what, over the last two seasons, we have been begging for this team to develop. And it feels like, outside of a couple of veterans on the team, we really have figured out who the core of this team going forward is going to yeah. be and who, who, who they really need to focus around, who they need to build around. When acquiring pieces, they can you know kind of shoot for hopefully guys in the same age range, even though that is going to get to be more and more difficult uh, as these guys get to that perfect uh, MLB ripe old age of like 24, you know? Uh, Keith Law said at the end of his little blurb on Corbin Carroll, he said the Diamondbacks are building a tremendous core of young players and Carroll will be one of their centerpieces for a long time. So yeah, Keith Law is a fan. Keith yeah. Law is in on the future of the Diamondbacks and uh, and there's good reason to, to be in that place, right? Yes. I mean, he has Jordan Lawler in the top 10. Uh, he has Drew Jones at 14 instead of MLB Pipeline, which had him at 15. Again, three in the top 15 and two in the top 10. Uh, Jesse Pretty loves, crazy. To, loves to dissect how unlikely that is, but considering that there's 30 MLB teams and they all have a pretty damn good prospect in their system somewhere, that's just so unlikely and just shows how, honestly, how good this is for the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I want to address, uh, I am the Larry said earlier, which I, I wasn't a part of this chat, so this is interesting to hear. Um, he said in Keithaw's chat today, he hinted that the next guy on the D-backs list is not Jameson or De Los Santos. I'm very curious who is next. We would have to ask Keith directly to figure out the answer to that question. But I can tell you with some confidence that I would bet it is Yumin Lin. It is a very, very young left-handed pitcher that the Diamondbacks signed as an international amateur uh, within the last couple of years. And he has like 26 pitches, I'm pretty sure. Um, not 26. Uh, but he has he has a lot of pitches. I was so pitches. excited about that. I was like, <laughs> tell me, you're, you ain't bullshitting me right now, Jesse. No, I believe, I believe he has six pitches and even like some different alterations that you could theoretically call even more than that. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a slim, he's a slim kid. So there are some questions about like how the velocity will evolve over time. I think it's low nineties right now. Um, but he's a lefty that people are starting to get excited about. That's my guess for who would be next on this list. He's just so young and he hasn't played above, um, above low a at this point. So it's hard for him to get in these top 100 lists, but he's a name to watch moving forward. Well, on the flip side of the good times that the future might bring us, uh, let's bring in some bad times in regards <laughs> to what the present uh, brings us. Let's throw this picture up here that nobody wants to see. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's going to bring pain to so many of us. Jesse, I texted you this uh, when we were discussing this image, but just look how happy he is, right? Like. Did you ever see him smile that big as an Arizona Diamondback? Honestly, I, yes. Really? All the time. What? Literally all the time. No. <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt is one of the, I don't know. Like, like Paul Goldschmidt is not a super like charismatic, outgoing guy. Absolutely. Um, but any time that he's talking with someone, having a friendly conversation, you're going to get the Goldie smile. Oh, man. You know? He's just look at he just looks so happy. I think that's it just brings so, me so much pain. That's just so who Paul Goldschmidt is, though. Oh, this like, is like whether, staring at the sun right now. Whether <laughs> whether he's looking at, you know, just someone just oh. chatting it up in the dugout or whatever, or he's holding a long awaited most valuable player trophy. Goldie oh, is just God. Goldie, you know. He, you he's guys, not he's not a big spotlight guy. Would you guys go as far to say that this is cursed? No, this is a cursed no, photo. This is a cursed image. Yeah, this is. <laughs> this is. I don't. That bow tie is so big. He looks so handsome. I'm so <laughs> jealous of this image so much. I want this for us so bad. I want this 
for the Diamondbacks so bad, but uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Like it's like breaking up with someone, right? I just want to <laughs> see him be happy, but I didn't want him to be that happy. Like I didn't want to see that look in his eye. That but twinkle. but I don't know if you can go with the breakup analogy because uh, it's like the most peaceful, loving breakup. Sometimes ever, they're like that, Jesse. Right? Sometimes they're not. They're, they're, sometimes there's not animosity. Sometimes you just peacefully go your separate ways, but you still long in your heart for that person. Oh, that breaks That's my fair. heart. You know what, though? At least his trophy is spelled correctly. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at what Justin Verlander and Sandy Alcantara's trophy. Look at this. Valuable. Uh, valuable. The most valuable pitchers in MLB history proclaimed by uh, MLB. Look at that guy. He's laughing because he knows it's misspelled. He's having a good time with it. Uh, and I just have to ask, Jesse, what the hell? What the hell did they do <laughs> in regards to these Cy Young Awards? Uh, I guess I, I guess it's our duty. It's more than our duty. It's our, it's our time to throw a little shade at the MLB for their inability to spell correctly on a Cy Young trophy. Can we get a little music in the graphic, please? <laughs> Who is responsible for this MLB? Is it Artson Judge? I don't know. What the hell is going on here? Jesse, how does this design not get approved and spell checked by somebody? Well, I mean, you know, the way that they make these these trophies, Derek, I mean, nobody nobody goes back and double checks the spelling. What? Right? Just I mean, one guy does it? Yeah, it's just one guy. This is yeah. like you letting me tweet on the account. This yeah. is not a good idea. There's, there's a reason to... I don't let you do that. Right. <laughs> there's a reason why we signed up for Twitter Blue and I am the reason. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. MLB, you really put this in the hands of one person? I, I mean, it's not even a great design, if I'm being honest. It's also one of the first times they've actually used the word valuable on the Cy Young Award. It is the first time. What it the It is the fuck? first time. Yeah, so it turns out that... In, in recent years, I mean, this has been the case for at least as long as I'm aware, the Cy Young trophy did not say most valuable pitcher, which is where the misspelling came from. It said the outstanding National League pitcher or the outstanding American League pitcher. So they had one. This you is their one first job. shot. You they had one, one job. job to simply spell the new thing correctly, and oh. they, they did not do that. It's not the only time this has happened in baseball. I mean, misspellings are a common occurrence. Let's take a look at some other famous misspellings that have occurred in major league baseball. That's friend of the show, Zach Greinke right there. Uh, I mean, I understand misspelling his name. Uh, his name's kind of hard, but uh, what else we got? The, the, the Mil oh, Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee. <laughs> to be fair, Milwaukee is unnecessarily difficult. It is. Spell. You're not wrong about way that. Too many vowel, way too many vowels in Milwaukee. Yeah. What else? What else we got here? Uh, San Francisco. I don't. I don't know how we're spelling that, that extra C in there. Uh, that's something. Uh, and uh, come on, this was a giveaway. This was a giveaway, and you're gonna misspell Troy Tulowitzki's name. Where's the T? Where's the extra T? There should be two T's in that one. In their defense, you could make a case that it should it should be spelled that way. I mean, like, you're the, right. like the the T sound like kind of comes right. from the Z. And also, I have to say, in Major League Baseball's defense, are we sure that valuable needs an A? Oh god damn it, Jesse! Like, you come on now. You know you're not going to question like, the like human the language. word you're not value. Gonna, you're you're not going to do this. The to word the value English. doesn't have an oh, a. Last time right, I checked, anyway. valuable. You could just have a u. You don't actually need the a. I don't know how he would spell four peaks if we let him. But I mean, let's be honest here. Do you want me to talk about how valuable and invaluable <laughs> mean the same thing? The problem here, 
you could argue is the English language, Derek. Not Major League Baseball. The problem, I'm just saying. The, the problem is you. You're the problem. I said it was ah. me earlier. I think it's you. But uh, really, I, I get through this with our friends from Four Peaks, so I thank them all the time. Uh, Hopknot IPA. I heard heard earlier in the chat someone could use one. It was a Gabriel. I think Gabriel needs one. Um, it is one of the best beers uh, that they make, of course. Make sure to check them out. Uh, he says, I need Derek's Hopknot IPA right now. Unfortunately, no, none for you. Sorry. You work with kids, so no, that's not happening. But uh, when you do a show like this, you can drink, I guess. Uh, those are the rules. I don't make them. I just abide by them. But make sure to grab uh, your favorite Four Peaks wherever you get your beer at. Uh, also, check out their brand new Recreational Juice Dank IPA and Staycation Super Juicy IPA. Uh, both are now available at their uh, 8th Street Eighth Street Pub. Eighth, words are hard. The 8th Street Pub. 8th Street Pub. Uh, and make sure to go Should we talk there. about how 8th? is spelled oh god no like the written version of eighth it's ridiculous we've already gone long this is someone who writes for a living and i just can't get over the absurdities of he has lots of beefs with the english language he absolutely does obviously i do as well because i have such a problem uh, speaking it but uh the super bowl is around (laughs) the corner so make sure uh to enjoy a nice four peaks beverage during the game and go to the eighth street pub check out uh their facility make sure to meet your friends there watch the game there it's a great time great place to have it Uh, And you can jump on the Underdog Fantasy app with your friends while you're there. You can all get down on Pick'ems for the Super Bowl and so much more. Uh, You can draft uh, fantasy, daily fantasy sports. Uh, If you miss the fantasy football season already, you can play with your friends uh, on the Underdog Fantasy app. And, of course, you can win some cold, hard cash. Uh, Draft six NBA players with no positional limits and whoever scores the highest fantasy points wins. Uh, We love it around here. We are riding on pitch counts in 2023 on the underdog fantasy app. So be, be an underdog or as Jesse would like to call you, be an overdog on the underdog fantasy app. It's this easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX and underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So make sure to do that. And of course, uh, you know what we do around here. Uh, we, we use the underdog fantasy app. We get our beers from four peaks. Uh, every week is shark week. Every day is earth day. And every Monday we go to the mailbag. Damon, let's go to the mailbag. Let's go. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. All right. Question number one, of course, comes from this guy that we miss a whole lot. Faj, a.k.a. Jacob Franklin, asks, who in life do you miss the most right now and why is it me? Well, I mean, I don't, Mm. I I feel like I'm going to hurt his feelings now at this point. You just got to do it. Yeah. Just Damon, if you could throw that picture back up, that's really who I miss right now. (laughs) The most right now, if I'm being honest, that's, that's the guy I miss the most. Um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to hurt his feelings. You're leaving the audio only people in the dark. Oh yeah. It's a picture of Paul Goldschmidt. It's the same one we showed earlier that broke our hearts. So just so (laughs) Fodge really knows that, you know, his place is definitely not number one in my heart as far as people I miss. I texted Jacob recently and told him I missed him and I, Maybe he did reply. I was I was ready to say that he didn't reply. But now that I think about it, he might have replied. No. Either way, it wasn't it wasn't sufficient. It yeah, wasn't it wasn't, wasn't the reply enough. I was yeah. looking for. It was so. like, um, you're welcome, something like that. You well, yeah, you. it's, it's not it's like not much substance. Good, there, good for so. you. I don't know. All right, what do we got for another question from the mailbag? Uh, Brett Lee Johnson asked if you could pick any single season by a D-backs bullpen pitcher to have for this upcoming 2023 team. What year of pitcher are you taking? 
Uh, Brett is personally got to go with Young Young Kim and his 2002 season, 36 saves, 9.86 strikeouts per nine, 2.79 walk per nine, 53% ground ball rate, 2.04 ERA, 2.69 FIP, and 2.5 FOR. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts? Is that a good is that a good selection right that's there? A, that's probably the selection I would make. Yeah. I think that's probably the best because you have to consider the era, right? I yes. mean, 2002 like having a 2.04 ERA <laughs> yeah, right. in 2002 is <laughs> right. is genuinely right. insane. We were just so. now getting steroids under control around that time. Right, and there right. were still some sluggers smashing the ball. Of course, Kim gets a bad reputation for what happened in the World Series. I think I still hate him um, <laughs> with every fiber of my being because of it. But it's not... It's the, it's I thought you were about small. to take the high road there. Like Absolutely he gets a, he not. Gets a no, bad I fucking reputation. hate him. Like, I hate him like, so much. I hate him so much. And it's really, it just goes to show that really just one series or one bad performance or a couple of bad performances, I should say, really to, can define your career with a fan base because looking at his numbers, Kim's numbers are fantastic as a closer and arguably was the best reliever we've had in our history. What yeah. a bounce back season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you talk about coming back, especially from that. Uh, obviously, the Diamondbacks bailed him out in the World Series. So it helped you, that they won the World right, Series. Right, yeah. yeah. Had it, had that took not, a lot of the pressure off, I think. Much different, but. <laughs> uh, I do have a few honorable mentions uh, to, to make note of here. Even I probably would just agree with, with Brett's answer. But there are a few remarkable seasons from D-backs relievers that we've, that we've had in the past. Archie is one of them. Archie's Archie Bradley, a 1.74 ERA in 2017 the lowest ERA by any Diamondbacks reliever in franchise history, minimum 50 innings, wow. 50 innings or more. So wow. um, that if you look closely at like his the peripherals from that season, I'm not sure how legit it was. Uh, coming back for 2018, I had a lot of doubt at the time that he would be able to repeat that. And mm-hmm. sure enough, he, he wasn't, unfortunately. Um, but that was still a remarkable year. I also think that 2012 David Hernandez, mm-hmm. underappreciated, yeah. underappreciated, I 68 in the third Hernandez. innings. 2.5 ERA doesn't necessarily jump off the page, but he struck out almost 13 per nine that year. He had 2.9 walks per nine, so yeah. low walk rate, yeah, super yeah. high strikeout rate. He had a 2.08 FIP that year. That was that was really impressive. I'm surprised, to be honest, that like Brad Ziegler doesn't appear more on this list because I felt like he would be uh, like. Oh, but he, he does. He, Derek. Does he? I have I have Brad Ziegler content too. Oh, let's go. So Brad Ziegler, not not. I don't think he ever had a season that was like top three in in D-backs reliever history. You could make a case for it. Sure. Um, But just because of like the way he did it, he did not overpower guys, right? He was a completely different brand of reliever. You could make a case that he did have a season that was maybe among the top three in franchise history. 2015, Brad Ziegler had a 1.85 ERA with a 4.76 K per nine. Wow. So he yeah. basically struck out nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and he still had a 1.85 ERA. It's because if ground you, balls, baby ground balls. If you go through those years of Brad, and there's several of them, several of them in a row, Brad Ziegler was outstanding for the D backs in the mid 2010s. He had ground ball rates north of 70% every <laughs> single year, that's which crazy. is insane. Yeah, uh, Brett mentioned Byung Hyung Kim in 2002, a 53% ground ball yeah. rate. That's really, really high. Yeah. Over 70% is just completely insane. So I miss watching Brad Ziegler pitch yeah. because it was it was unlike anything else. I think we're uh, all in agreement, though, that, that uh, 2002 season for Kim is probably the top of our list. Probably takes the cake, yeah. yeah. All right, what do we got? Next question, Damon. 
99 Fan Club at <laughs> Zancho. Is that Nacho? I don't know. I think there's a Nacho reference in there. But he says, is it pronounced data or data? I think I just answered that one. <laughs> uh, I pronounce it the way that they pronounce it on Star Trek. So it's data, it's data to me. Are we like data. an English language podcast now? That's is what that we've turned into today, Jesse. And this is like all people, your fault. People are submitting mailbag questions yeah, about how to pronounce well, words now. Getting to that point. I'm, I'm with you on, on data. Although I will say it, it does really bother me that you can't really say this data. You have to say these data because data is plural. And so this doesn't make sense. So as you can see, I've had this inner conflict for a long time about this. Uh, (laughs) I I, I actually use both words the same way I say war and war. So just Ah, to let you know, it depends on the situation. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Brett Lefevre asks, uh, specific to Captain Caveman, because we all know Jesse Friedman hasn't seen Demolition Man. True. But how would you use the three seashells? Uh, I got this one, Jesse. All I'll right. take this All one. Right. Uh, okay, so the three seashells are a reference in Demolition Man to how in the future uh, they use the bathroom, right? So it's this simple. Uh, the three seashells are similar to what we see in high-end toilets now. But in the future, they are evolved to the point where they don't use this bar- barbaric toilet paper any longer. Okay. Uh, one oh seashell is what for are you? What are you talking about? It's, I'm sorry. I'm answering the question is what I'm doing, Jesse. One seashell is. For I think drying. you're just making up crap. No, right now. no, There's no. no, no one seashell is for washing. One's for drying, and one's for flushing the toilet. There's your answer. That's what the three seashells are for. <laughs> in Demolition Man. Uh, look. Okay. It, look. In the future, they they're evolved, right? So every toilet has a bidet in the future, as we all should now in 2023. <laughs> I'm not going to make a gross reference in front of Jesse because he's just a boy. But <laughs> if I were to rub chocolate on your arm right now, are you going to go wipe it off with a uh, dry paper <laughs> towel? Or are you going to sink and wash it off? Think about that and then go install a bidet in your house. <laughs> Next question, please. All right. Brian Bobbitt says, who would be the best head coach manager of everyone in the PHNX office? Jesse, we are hurting feelings today. Let's go. Oh, you're not going to like my answer. You you really built it up before the show, so you, uh, you, can, go, okay. you can go first. So, on like, I have, I'm leaning in two directions here, and first I'm going to say Saul Bookman. Okay. Uh, and I hate myself for saying Saul <laughs> Bookman, and I know Jesse hates me for saying Saul Bookman, but let's be honest. Uh, Saul's everything you're looking for in a coach, right? Not only is he going to ride you and make you absolutely feel at times like you are both simultaneously worthless <laughs> and the greatest human being uh, in, in all of in all of mankind. Saul is also going to have your back more than anybody else. So no matter how much Saul tries to tear you down and build you back up, uh, he will also defend you like nobody else has defended you in your entire life. I can only imagine that man going to bat for me against an umpire or a referee, whatever sport you want to say. Saul is going to get tossed for you (laughs) multiple times. That's the kind of manager he is. What are your thoughts? My my answer is also Saul. Oh, no. We can't agree on this. Okay, well, I'll go in a different direction. Emma, uh, I think Emma would be a great uh, sports manager coach. <laughs> Emma is not taking any shit. Let me tell you, if there's anybody in this <laughs> office that isn't taking shit from anyone, it's Emma. Uh, and Emma is going to be uh, a, a strict coach and manager, but she will get the best out of you. She will make you perform at levels that you didn't even believe you could perform at. I mean, that's kind of why that's kind of why my answer is Saul. It's, yeah. it's that it's exactly what you're saying where there's there's like two there's two sides right mm-hmm. there's one side where it's like yeah there's there's a healthy like 
like, all right, I got, I got to get my act together for this guy. But there's also like, oh, yeah, Saul's like a really chill, yeah. just like yeah. enjoyable to be around guy. Oh, That's kind of what is. you I, for a time. I, I wondered if um, I wondered if Petey would be a, a good answer to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, um, I, I think Charles Woodall Pike says, I mean, someone at PHNX was an actual coach, though. Is that a, is that a Petey reference? I, I think that I is know a PD does for a, a job, but I don't know. I didn't know PD was. Also I feel a like coach. to be like the manager, I I feel like PD might be a little bit too nice of a human being for that. Um, but I honestly could see it. PD was PD was a close second for me. But I think I mean, there's a reason that Saul's our GM, right? Yeah, Gabriel says, will Saul do the sprint out to the plate or will he do the slow walk to argue? Um, He would do the sprint out. Yeah. I yeah, was, I was gonna say sprint. Saul, out. the biggest reason no, in you know what of Saul, 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 if Saul did the slow walkout, he would he would fucking yell at you the whole time. The minute he would hit the stop top deck, he would be like, "What is this bullshit?" And he would just keep that like line of just talking shit to you the whole way until he met you at home plate. But most of the time, it's gonna be a sprint. Yeah, the, I mean, Saul just has an unwavering competitive mindset, Correct. right? Yeah, and yeah. and you very much need that. Saul's in, never in a Saul, Saul never played pickleball before, and he made sure that he was absolutely the best pickleball player on the court that day. When I was playing with Saul that day, I was mortified because I was like, "If we lose, it's going to be my fault." <laughs> and and I don't, <laughs> and I and I don't know what. No, yeah, we actually won. We actually did win. But I kind of feared for my life uh, if we had lost yeah. because when Saul is in a competitive sports environment. That man, is, that man is that man is watch out watch out <laughs> this submission from brett johnson do you guys i mean are the d-backs more or less successful if this is the setup of the diamond arizona diamondbacks moving forward okay uh, oh, so okay. The manager. Right. Derek is the bench coach <laughs> michaela is the bullpen coach well see fucking michaela is just gonna drive everybody out of the every time they have a poor performance michaela is gonna get rid of them uh jesse has the analytics department is a good call <laughs> uh i don't know what bench coaches do so that's probably a great call as well i mean Fox i guys Vibes guys. Yeah, vibes guy, right? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Uh, Fodge and Shane as bench coaches. I'm all for this lineup. D-backs win 92 games with that lineup right there. As I, I'm pretty team. sure, though, that Shane would would send the guy around third base oh, every, every, time. every single time. Every time. I'm Shane a little, like, I'm a little, I'm a little you know, concerned about fucking, yeah. how that would work. He's yeah. a gambling man. He is a maybe, gambling man. Maybe we put Jacob he always at takes third the base. Over. He always takes the over, so you know he's going to try to score as many runs as we possible. We could put Shane at first base, but then he'd be having... You know, everyone trying to steal bases yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Seth Beer would have 80 stolen yeah. base attempts by the end of the year. Well, so. I think we figure out where he needs to go. All right. Well, uh, of course, we thank you guys. I saw Brian Abdallah's don't thank your insult fell deaf on my ears. I saw it. I know who's ne- putting the thumbs down on the on the chat, Brian. I see you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, PHNX diehards, get your membership over at gophnx.com. That way you get Jesse's wonderful diehard-only pieces, as well as uh, pieces from Howard, Craig, uh, and that guy, Gerald, that they call Girth around here. Uh, you also get yourself access to our members-only Discord lounge, uh, members-only deals over at the phnxlocker.com, including a free piece of merch every single year. You're a member, and so much more, as well as discounts with our partners, discounts for our events, uh, all sorts of fun to be had. Uh, excuse me, as a diehard member, including drinking beers and burping on the show. Uh, PHNX YouTube, uh, we thank you guys for being here right now on the YouTube channel. If you haven't signed up, uh, please do so. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. If you're listening to us right now on the favorite audio podcasting app, please do that as well. Sign up there. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Sign up uh, or leave us a review. We love the reviews and we love hearing from you guys as well. Uh, Jesse also loves hearing 
about what furniture he should put in his house. Uh, he's tired of me chastising him over his chase lounges that he's going to have everywhere. I am not interested in going over to his house any longer, to be honest, because he's really. He, I branched he, out this week. I what'd you get? Out this week. Did you get some bar stools or something? I did. Actually, no way. Actually, there are some some bar stools Let's in go. my car right now. I'm so I'm proud driving of you. home. So yeah. yeah, I mean, everything else is still a chase lounge, but you know, if you want to sit on the bar stools when you come mm-hmm. over, then you know, I'm, I'm for it. There's there's two of them. You can put your feet up on the other one. <laughs> Make sure to send Jesse all of your suggestions for real furniture he should buy, and then go get yourself some furniture over at morefurniture.com. Or more importantly, visit their More Furniture location uh, at 44th Street and McDowell. Use our promo code of PHNX and you will get free delivery and installation on on any purchases of $999 or more. Uh, This is not available online. This is a limited time offer that is only valid until January 31st. So tomorrow, go out there, get some furniture right now exclusively for our PHNX listeners. Take advantage now. Get yourself ready for the big game. Uh, And also, WrestleMania is coming up. Uh, Jesse doesn't want to hear me talk about that, but WrestleMania is coming up. The baseball season is coming up. Super Bowl is coming up. Lots of stuff to do. Not to mention uh, great stuff hitting Disney Plus and all the streaming services. We got Wakanda forever tomorrow. Go get yourself a new living room. Get yourself uh, hooked up at morefurniture.com. We got more mailbag Monday questions, by the can way. I, can I interrupt? Can I interrupt the mailbag no. just real quick? No. Just real quick. No. So, and maybe we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but I feel like we we do have to acknowledge, and I think a comment was made earlier. I want to say Michael might have said this earlier. Um, the MLB The Show 23 cover athlete is Jazz Chisholm. I want to talk about it. Is former Diamondbacks top prospect Jazz Chisholm traded to the Miami Marlins in the you. Zach Gallon trade? This is bizarre, Derek, because Jazz Chisholm had sort of a break the the makings of a breakout year last year, doesn't but he deserve. played sixty games. He, he was deserve. hurt for like two third more than two thirds of the season. I don't know how you put that guy on the cover of MLB The Show. He has a career 104 OPS plus. He hasn't even really established himself as a good player in this league. You're making Jesse mad with the analytics. You're making me mad with just the fact that he doesn't deserve it yet. I hope he's the most irrelevant cover athlete for the show history ever. That's what I think. It's Uh, a fascinating choice. I mean, he's he's young and exciting. And I think his his personality like he just there's just something about Jazz Chisholm I that I so think much. I think people I really enjoy so watching him play and his attitude. Our, our, and he our, talks a lot of crap, which which Zach Gallen has talked look, about at times. But our PHNX interesting cover choice. athlete is here, Sean DePaz. Sean Jazz Chisholm, the cover athlete for MLB The Show 2023. Your thoughts on this choice? Uh, bullshit. Thank you. Why the fuck are we putting a Miami Marlin on the cover of Thank a video you. game? I mean, <laughs> if you're going to put a Miami Marlin, put Sandy Alcantara, yeah, to be honest. Like, if we're going to put one of those maybe, guys on uh, there. Yeah, no, that makes no sense to me. I get it's cool. I like his hair, but also, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you look at the long lineage yeah. of people. They went from Shohei Otani, who might be the greatest baseball player of all time, to Jazz Chisholm. Come on. Brett Johnson says Julio Rodriguez would have been so much better. Absolutely. For real. Yeah. For real. 100%. A young guy that everyone likes. Yep. He was a star in the All-Star. Or he had his breakout derby. season last year. Yeah, you know, the year actual yeah. achievements on yeah. a team that actually made the playoffs. It's I don't a, know. It's upsetting. But let's put Jazz Chisholm on it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. it's the personality. That's why they did this. It really is. No has question. that personality though. Yeah, and if yeah. you want the personality, right. put fucking Tim Anderson on the cover. Right. Yeah, Anyhow. he's not wrong about anything he said. That's why he's the MVP around here. Uh, let's get our next question for Mailbag Monday because we could get stuck on this topic. We'll probably talk about. We'll this talk more about tomorrow. this more tomorrow. I'm still yeah. angry about it. So let me let me let me. 
let it marinate a little bit for me. Uh, Gabriel asks, knock on wood. I don't like when he starts tweets, knock on wood. I don't All like right, that. All right, well, we have to, yeah, we knock to do on it, wood. Though. All right, but why are the young players so resilient and healthy? What? They all play hard and run easily fast, but yet none are with are out with injury? Why Why are we doing this? Like in years past on this team and others, is it conditioning or advanced scouting? Maybe it's not addressing it, Gabriel. Maybe it's not talking about it and cursing them like you just did with this tweet. What is wrong with you? They were healthy. They were yeah. healthy? <laughs> you know was who great. wasn't healthy? Zach Gallen, a lot. So again, I put him out there as a young guy that we did not see uh, very much because of injuries at times. I definitely see where Gabriel's coming from on this but i will also say that that's a it's a bit of a hot take to say the d-backs like young players stay healthy when when almost all of their recent first round draft picks have needed shoulder surgery almost immediately <laughs> um and i i guess gabriel's probably talking about like alec uh, thomas dalton yeah. varsho yeah. jake mccarthy right the guys that we've seen in the majors so i, I do see where you're coming from on that yeah. i think generally speaking like young players who don't have long injury histories like from their days in in high school college the minors whatever generally speaking those players are going to be relatively healthy right um that's sort of a why there's an advantage of having younger players on your team versus older players Very generally true. speaking that's that's going to be the case you're going to have a little bit better injury luck there i will acknowledge that d-backs especially last year had tremendous injury luck right yeah. it's like 2021 their injury luck was as bad as you could possibly imagine Last year, they didn't lose that much. I mean, Nick, Nick Ahmed. Ahmed was out for almost yeah. the whole year. Carson Kelly missed a couple of months there. He didn't have a great season anyway. They were luckier last year because they really didn't do what they have done now. Like, we've talked about the yeah. depth that they've added this offseason, which is the key. But last year, they kind of got away with it to a degree. Yeah, as far they as did not, not have that much starting yeah. pitching depth. But they didn't really have to use it because Gallon was – healthy other than at the very beginning of the year merrill kelly 200 innings zach yeah. davies missed a few starts but he still made 27 i want to say you <laughs> even, can't even madison bumgarner was unnecessarily madison healthy, bumgarner was was also i would not <laughs> say it that way but madison bumgarner was also very durable and was available to the d-backs throughout Whereas the season durability was almost a problem right uh no he's not no we're not saying that but we are saying that yeah they definitely had uh, guys stay healthy last year, and even the majority of the injuries were got were things guys were able to recover from, and and you know come back to the team. Ahmed being the the main exception there that you know they were. It would have been nice for them to have Ahmed um, because Geraldo Perdomo really struggled offensively last year. Um, I know a lot of people are still high on him for the future, which which I see where you're coming from, but Ahmed would have given them some stability uh, at the shortstop position, especially early in the year. Especially late in games when the bullpen kind of blew stuff. And a lot of times, as much as you wanted to scream and yell about the bullpen pitcher being at fault for that, at times yeah. it was just like, wow, how did a defender not get to that ground ball that just kind of dribbled that, that up did happen. That yeah. did happen on a number of occasions. Right. All right, what else we got? I love this question so much. Uh, Elizabeth gets our question of the day. Uh, she asks, which game show do you think you'd be good at? Derek seems like he would be incredible at The Price is Right. I don't know why. I'm going to tell you why, Elizabeth. You are. Uh, so you are good at The Price I would is Right. absolutely kill on The Price is Right. Really? And the reason why, Jesse, is it's this simple. The Price is Right is a game about retail prices in grocery markets, stores, <laughs> uh, super supermarkets, all that kind of thing, right? 
I do all of the shopping and all of the cooking in my house. I can tell you right now off the top of my head that a bag of sour cream and onion Lay's is $4.59 retail price. I can also tell you that you can get it on sale right now at Walmart for $3 a bag, saving you $1.59. But if you want your best deal, you go to Safeway, you buy two bags at $1.77 a piece. Bang. That's how you save over 50% off the retail price. These are This is unnecessary information that is forever in my head. So of course I'm going to do well on prices right. I also spin wheels very well. So prices right, wheel of fortune, all that stuff. I do good on those. What do you think? You're you're trying to tell me that the the man who thinks Arizona iced tea is worth ninety nine cents when he paid a dollar fifty nine for it earlier that day. I knew the is two an prices. expert on Jesse, the pricing. There is a industry. price tag on the can. It is part of the can's design. It is not my fault that people take advantage of us. So so on the prices right, and, if they if they slapped a price tag like a bogus price tag on one of those things, it would automatically be worth that price. No, absolutely not because there's a game where you decide if it's higher or lower than that price. That's one of the games, Jesse. That's fair. It's just one of the games. I'm just saying. Uh, I think I think we we have good I, reason. Have you ever to even doubt. watched Prices Right? I have watched okay. Prices Right. It's been a sure. number of years. It's I have not seen. I that would recently. also do very well on Supermarket Sweep, Brian Adala. I you have no idea how fast I can find items, and I'm very good at riddles too. What is Supermarket Sweep? That one I don't know. Oh my god! Do you know? Do you know that, Damon? Yeah, Am I I've alone seen in it this? a little bit recently. It's it's pretty cool actually. I don't think <laughs> Derek, Derek has left the studio because I haven't seen Supermarket Sweep, which I swear I've never heard of in my life. But Damon, you're still here. Explain explain to me what the show so is I, about. I believe like the simple concept of it is, is that you have to find certain items in the store. Okay. And put them in your cart. Supermarket Sweep isn't just about finding stuff in the store. It's about knowing like taglines for items and stuff. I can't. I Look, I need older people. To do this show with is what I need. I need people that have seen more things. Uh, Jesse, what what show would you be? All right, good you at? want you want to talk about old? You want you want older people? Yeah, go. All right, go. so so um, there was a show that I want to say I don't know the exact era, but this far predates my birth and potentially yours. Have you heard of To Tell the Truth? Yes, I've heard yeah, To Tell the Truth. Yeah. Yes, I saw like. I don't know what it what was happening, but I was at my parents' house one day, and there was just episode after episode of this show playing on their TV. You were on and the Game I Show could, Network. <laughs> I could not get away from it. It was incredible. Um, oh. I don't know if I would necessarily be that great at it, but I think I would be. I think I'd be pretty decent at asking yeah. questions and figuring out what people's occupations were. Okay. That um, that, yeah, you're right about that. I think so. I, th- I think that you would, would ask that would cutting my... questions that would you would you would immediately feel found out based on one question you asked. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the other everyone thinks I'd be good at Jeopardy. It's like, oh, Jesse's no. the nerd. Of course, no. he's good at Jeopardy, but no, no. no. I don't. I don't. Oh, wow. You yeah. think, you think no, I fold I've under pressure? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not even going to acknowledge that comment. Um, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Oh yeah, that back in the yeah, day, right? Yeah. Jeff Foxworthy. I had the computer game, mm-hmm. and I I would I would play. Are you, you were often than a fifth. Grader? You were often smarter than the fifth grader. And I was in in fourth grade. I was smarter than that. No, I I don't think I won it in fourth grade. Uh, to be fair, that. The, the premise of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader is absurd because there is no fifth grader on the planet who knows every single thing that was yeah. brought up in there. Yeah. Um, 
I I actually in, in you know they study that stuff in fifth grade. That's the purpose of those questions, yeah, right? Right. Like, so they right. probably do know that stuff off the top of their head. No, but they don't. Oh, they come don't. on, come as, on. As as a person who was a teacher a year ago, <laughs> I can say that it is pretty unrealistic to expect someone to know every single thing in their textbooks at any given time. That's just that's just not true. Um, I tried to play Family Feud. Uh, I I am familiar with Family Feud, mm-hmm. but I I wasn't totally sure how good I was at it. And so I Googled it. Turns out you can play Family Feud online. And I found out very quickly that I'm not good at Family Feud. <laughs> so there's that. All right. All right. Well, I, I think we've uncovered. I think Cash Cab for you. Cash Cab would be good. And that's, there's some pressure know. there. That's another there's one pressure. I don't know. Uh, Chris said that Jesse, uh, we need Jesse on a Japanese game show. Yes. Something with explosions maybe or a pit, foam pit that Jesse has to like cross a beam past or something yeah they have some that would crazy be right up my yeah, alley totally. for sure all right uh we got we got one last question with a follow-up question uh at don's bread notorious troublemaker asks is a hot dog a sandwich i have to point out that yeah, his, don's bread yeah, did not spell sandwich correctly which kind of falls perfectly in line uh, with the theme of this entire it's show it's a very valuable so. question yeah it's a very valuable question uh is it a hot dog a sandwich jesse I, I would say a hot dog is a sandwich. You'd be wrong. I, I would say it's a sandwich. It's wrong. You're wrong. Okay. You're wrong. Right. If you start getting into this, the honest to God truth is the difference between a sandwich and anything else is the vertical orientation of the bread, right? Vertical, vertical versus what? orientation of the bread, vertical versus horizontal. If you're having yourself a sandwich, it's horizontally laid out. Uh, if I don't care if you want to cut the top of your bread like Subway does, and we want to have an argument about that, that's fine. Still, when they wrap your sandwich, Wait, they what turn do you, it outside. What do you mean? The orientation of the of the item itself. A hot dog, is, the slit is up. You put the meat down, it stays that way. It's like a taco because if you start saying a fucking hot dog is a sandwich, a taco is a sandwich, a burrito is a sandwich, everything else is a sandwich. It, everything is a sandwich. If you start saying a hot dog is a sandwich, we have to have rules around here. And the rule is a hot dog is not a sandwich. That's why we fucking call it a hot dog. That's the rule. Have you ever heard someone call it a hot dog sandwich unless it was hot dogs cut in half and laid on bread? Never. Not once in your life have you ever heard someone call no, it a hot dog no, sandwich. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying people should call it that in everyday life, but I think if you're if you're just thinking about the technical definition of a sandwich, it has to be that, right? It's bread and there's meat inside of the bread. Like, it's not that complicated, Derek. Don't give me all this crap about the orientation of the bread. Yeah, I'm fucking I, giving you fucking a crap about the orientation of the bread. I regularly make, uh, you know, like those Hawaiian sweet rolls that are so like buttery and delicious and amazing. No. I, I make sandwiches with Hawaiian sweet rolls and it's very, very similar. It's like like you just like open it, right? Just like you would a hot dog bun. And then you put your meat and, and cheese and mayo and then and how do you eat inside. It? How do you eat it? Do you eat it like this? Do you eat it with the slit open on top? Are you trying to tell me it depends on the formation of your I hands said when you eat it? It's on the fucking horizontal or vertical orientation of the fucking item is what I said. I think the people in the in the uh, comments agree with me, Derek. No, I think you're wrong. They're not. They're not. You're not. You could say it's again, so everything. See, Gabriel said, so is beef wellington a sandwich then, Jesse? Is beef wellington is a sandwich? You don't even know what beef wellington what, is. What beef wellington is? Beef wellington, beef wellington is, is, is a is meat. Steak? Is it it's a, a steak? meat. It's a meat wrapped. It's a meat wrapped in uh, puff pastry, and then you cut it, and then it's got like it's uh, yeah. Mm. I would have to see like a picture of it. I don't think that would be a sandwich. Oh well, neither is a hot dog. Neither is a hot dog. Uh, can we get the follow up question? Because this one might be more important. Is cereal soup, Jesse? 
I haven't soup. put much thought into this one. Is cereal soup? I mean, I guess the the fundamental question, what it's going to come down to, is does it matter whether it's hot or cold? Right? No, because soup can be served cold. There's several soups that are uh, served cold. What? Like what? I, I wasn't prepared to look up cold soups for ah, you, but I'm just right. saying so, in this so situation. Now, what I will say, what I will say is, even a cold soup is still cooked to a certain degree. This is merely just adding milk to an item. Like you can add milk to anything. Does it make it soup? Do I put fucking water on something that makes it soup? No. The answer is no. Cereal is not a soup. Yeah, I would say cereal is not a soup as well, but I just can't quite figure out how to get there. It's like if cereal is a soup, then the, then we have bigger problems. You know, the world the is world cold. is. There you go. Okay, but. Uh, yeah, see, there's, just because you don't believe in it as a soup doesn't mean there aren't no. cold soups out I there. Just think there we are ha- cold soups out there. No, there there can be cold soups out there. It's just cereal just can't be one of them. Right. I don't know where we have to draw the line, but cereal. Yeah, we have to. We have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, we just can't. like sandwiches. Just like with sandwiches, we no. have to draw the. Line. We have to draw the line somewhere, or you're just ordering burrito fucking sandwiches now. Ryan said, "What about a euro?" Which is an interesting question. Exactly. I think I would call a euro. A sandwich. Then burritos are sand. Then everything's a sandwich. This no, guy. everything's a sandwich. Of, if you fucking take a roll and put it around your fucking chicken, uh, in any way, shape, or form, it's a sandwich now. No, I I wouldn't go that far. It, tacos are not sandwiches. Um, I mean, you, you either have like a hard shell or you have a soft, but that that's not like bread. Like that's a that's a tortilla. That's just different. So. I acknowledge that that's a little bit dicey territory, but I, I think it's pretty nope. clear that a hot dog you heard is a sandwich. Him. You heard him. You, you guys. Yeah, I like, still you never were agreeing like, with him earlier. I the, hope you the feel bread, shame that The you were bread argument earlier doesn't make any sense to me at all. It absolutely and if, that, if that's the only it way that we should. can make a hot dog not a sandwich, then I'm, not, to tell I'm you. not going I'll, there. No, I'll tell you. Vertical orientation of, of said bread. Uh but regardless, if you agree with us or not, it doesn't matter. Um, You're going to need to make like a graphic of what you mean. I still don't understand. I'm going to make a graphic. Orientation. Make, no, tomorrow I'm going to bring a PowerPoint on why a hot dog <laughs> is a sandwich. And we're going to go over this again in, in the third quarter of this show. But uh, in the meantime, you guys can grab your DraftKings Sportsbook app. I wish there were odds on, on this. I wish there were odds on whether or not a sandwich or a hot dog is a sandwich. Because uh, I would take whatever the over or under is. I don't know how that would work. But yeah, anyway. that doesn't really. No, I don't it doesn't. Think that's I'm, t- I'm betting on the sandwich. Works. I'm betting on not being a sandwich. I'm not. It's not a goddamn sandwich. But anyway, uh, for a limited time, all new and existing customers uh, can get a no sweat same game parlay every single day. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in. That's the important part. And place a same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code PHNX. New customers get down on a $5 deal where you bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. And a big shout out, as always, to our friends from Mountain Mike's. Uh, We love Mountain Mike's, and they always make sure we are well-fed around these parts of PHNX. Uh, But check out our friends Mountain Mike's for sure. Uh, You can not only uh, check out their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson locations, um, but of course, uh, place your next order. Reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. So uh, if you needed another reason to be a diehard member, uh, there it is right there. Get a $50 voucher uh, for Mountain Mike's Pizza. So big shout out to them. Can I, can I give a, a pro tip on, on Mountain Mike's? Please do. So, so I have, um, I have like, like Chase is my, my main banker, right? 
and and on my Chase app, there are like different discounts that I can select for my for my credit cards. Well. Yeah. And Mountain Mike's is almost always there. So you I get, get you get cash back like a five percent, ten percent. Yeah, I I think it's ten percent. So I get like ten percent off beyond like all of the incredible offers that, that Derek is talking about. So you can get a get a little extra, get a little extra something there. there you go. Uh, I always do that, by the way. My wife and I were just talking about this morning. Your your card probably has it too. Check it out for sure. I spend a distressing back. amount of time on there, going through and selecting different discounts. And I think in about five years of doing that, I think I've saved about $10. I'm up to $70.62 just this year alone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's what happens when you actually have places. Like, I, and the best part is I don't have to go like find places. It's like Mountain Mike's. Mountain Mike's is on there. I'm going to go to Mountain Mike's. Right. It's a natural fit for me. So there you go. it's great stuff. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Thank you guys so much for your Mailbag Monday questions and for joining us here in the chat. We always appreciate you being here. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. By the way, speaking of PHNX D-backs, we got some stuff to give away, you guys. Uh, this is courtesy of the birthday girl herself, Chris. She gave us a bunch of great stuff to give away. And uh, we're passing all of this goodness on to you guys. So uh, make sure to tell your friends. Get some, uh, get as many people to follow us. We're like 14 people or something stupid away from 5,000. Like, we can't believe it. We never believed 5,000 people would follow a, a show with this guy's face on it all the time. But, of course, we appreciate you guys so much. We're going to give all this stuff away. Um, so make sure to follow us. Let's hit 5K. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth, for your wonderful question and for call. He's never, he's not going to stop staring at pictures of Timothy Chalamet all day long. So that's going to be a problem, but, uh, I don't really see the resemblance. Oh, see, good, good, good. Let's squash that. But, uh, of course (laughs) all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys again so much for joining us today on behalf of Damon, Jesse, uh, or AKA Timothy Chalamet over here and myself. (laughs) We always appreciate your time. And remember kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when all of your prospects are on all of the top 100 lists.